1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
0: Group A. Turkey.
1: Today we're in Group A and we're talking Turkey. We're travelling all the way to Istanbul to speak to my old friend Mehmet Dermişan. Mehmet is the former editor of Fanatic, the Turkish daily sports paper and website. It's a respected media institution in Turkey. Mehmet is a well-known figure in European football circles. He loves a selfie and his social media feeds are full of pictures of him with the great and the good of European football, including the current national coach of Turkey, Senol Güneş. Güneş, of course, is the coach who guided Turkey to third place at the 2002 World Cup in South Korea. He's been back in the charge of the national team for a couple of years now and he's led a revival which has seen Turkey qualify for the Euros once again. Now Mehmet reported on that team that enjoyed such great success in 2002 and I think he's in a perfect position to analyse the current team and the changes that have taken place over the years because the, the lot's happened to Turkey in recent years. There's now a core of exciting young players in the Turkey team, most of whom have come through at clubs outside of Turkey and not at the big Istanbul clubs who have traditionally dominated Turkish football. So that's not necessarily a good thing for the domestic game in Turkey, but it's good news for the national team. And Mehmet uh, has been close to all of this. He's close to the players and he's particularly close to the coaches, and he's an interesting guy to speak to about all of this. So grab a glass of Raki, or if you're in need of a bit of a boost, a Turkish coffee. Stick your headphones in and find out all about Turkey and the national team with Mehmet. Mehmet, Turkey have qualified for the Euros, but they've been some mixed results recently. A three-three draw with Germany, defeats to Hungary and Russia in, in the Nations League, uh, and relegation from from the Nations League. So, where are Turkey at the moment?
0: Well, Gavin, uh, I think uh, it was a surprise for Turkey in a group with France and also Iceland to be that strong with the young team because Mr. Gunish, when he took in charge, he said that he would create a, a young solid team that go out and play football and get results for many years. That was his plan. And uh, we saw that plan because a lot of young players were adapted in the team. And uh, if, to be, if I have to be honest, you know, of course, we didn't expect that football both in the France games. But, you know, when you see how uh, Turkey played against France in both games with that passion, then you see the changes made by uh, Şenol Güneş, the coach. So he is, he is trying to get a, a team for the future. Maybe an example like like Belgium did. Belgium had poor results in the past, but they say, hey, we are going to wait. We wait for the good team and we change the generation. So I think his plan is like that. And unfortunately, in the Nations League, uh, with some unlucky games, we didn't do our best. But that does not mean that this changing of the Turkish team will have some good results in the Euro finals. And I'm sure that Mr. Seno if he continues to do what he promised, that we will have a a very good team in in the near future. I can promise you that.
1: Is it a good thing then for, for Turkey that the Euros have been delayed for a year? Does it give Gunesh uh, Senna yeah. Gunesh a time to to bring yes. these young players in and and yes. develop them more? Yeah.
0: Yes, because also as you rem- well, I don't know if you know, but we are, we had a lot of also uh, injuries with some key players like Demirel, who plays for Juventus. He's the player that that most people in Turkey trust as a as a as a key team member, you know, who plays with passion, you know, and who was star of both France games. You know, France look at the attack of France and this guy stood like, a, you know, like Jose Mourinho's wall up front on the uh, goalkeeper and also the goal. So, you know, when you look yeah, we had a luck that that the Euros were delayed and now Mr. Gunesh, who disappointed of course with the Nations Cup, can maybe recover and also with his team Get some good results in Euro finals.
1: Yeah. And he's the coach is one of these. I mean, he's one of the, the coaches in Turkey with the biggest reputations, isn't he? Along with Fatih Tarim. They, they, those guys, those two guys, I guess, are the guys, yes. that are, you know, the two, the two biggest reputations. And his reputation is all based on the, the 2002 World Cup. Yeah. So do people do people trust him even when they have been defeats in in the Nations League?
0: Yes. You know, he has a lot of credit, like Fatih Tarim. Chanel Gunesh has a lot of credit. His main ID as a coach is that he makes young players better. You know, when you're playing under Chanel Gunesh, you know that you will succeed in the future because he's teaching you good football. And I give you a secret, you know, he was a teacher himself as a young uh, Chanel Gunesh. You know, he played professional. Football as a goalkeeper, he was a goalkeeper at Trabzon in the past. But he was also a teacher at school, so he knows how to teach young people, and that's an advantage because a lot of young players coming up, and uh, a lot of players who can be world stars in the future. And uh, you know, so I am uh, very positive about Chanel Gunesh gathering this young. Team to a, a good uh, Euros
1: in the qualifiers. Turkey only conceded three goals, which is the best performance in a in a qualifying campaign. Yes, all of those goals came from set pieces. I think no goals in open play.
0: Yes,
1: uh, uh, including the the two 0 victory over France. A very defensive team, very hard to break down. Is is that something that will will stay the same at the, in the tournament, or do you think he'll develop the team a bit more and have a bit more of an attacking? Mindset,
0: Gavin. You know that uh, qualifiers and um, and final are you know very different tournaments. You know you have maybe three games to play, and then you're out, or you can go straight to the finals or something in the second round. What I can assure you is, Chanel Gune never liked to play defensive football. That's not his uh, attitude. When you look at his uh, past as a coach, you know, also people remember 2002, Turkey was the team with the most attractive football. And up front, people who were, you know, crazy about attacking and scoring goals or creating goal chances. And when you look uh, three, four years back, Şenol Güneş coached also Beşiktaş and won a couple of championships and also was the man in Turkish football history who were you know, in the Champions League group winners. Okay? And you cannot be group winners in the Champions League if you only think about defensive football and, you know, we'll see with defense and we'll see if we score one goal. So, He's not a man who likes to defend. He's a, he, he likes attracting football. But this group, you know, with France, was surprise for everyone. You know, nobody thought Turkey is going to concede three goals and then group winners and then go uh, to the final. Nobody thought that.
1: No, and, and a tough group with Iceland as well, because Iceland are a difficult team, a physical yes, team. Yes, yes. And Turkey yes, yes. managed to cope with them quite well.
0: Well, yeah. As we know, Iceland was not the Iceland... In the past, when Fatih Terim and his players played in the qualifiers. But if you see Iceland, France and so on, did very well. Yeah. We have to give him credit.
1: I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the tactics and the options open to, to senel gunesh 1st First, let's take a quick break. Right. Back talking with Mehmet about Turkey. Mehmet. We talked a little bit about the defensive style in in the uh, qualifiers and how that might develop in the tournament a little bit. And the tournament could be different. The preferred formation is a four two three one formation for Turkey. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, definitely a back four, and then yeah. two defensive midfielders, some attackers, and then one central striker. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, in the midfield we have creative players. You said you mentioned about the three creative midfielders, you know. And I think that is the strength of the Turkish team. Those creative three players like Hakan Çalhanoglu, who plays for uh, Milan, AC Milan, Cengiz Ündar. Yeah. And, of course, uh, when you have a good defence and you have, when you have a creative uh, midfield, then you are, you know, uh, half, halfway, you know. And then we got to score goals. And I think, you know... Uh, Turkey will not have problems scoring goals. I think Turkey could have some problems at back with personal mistakes, not as a team, because our you know our biggest problem in Turkish football is we make some tactical personal mistakes and concede goals. Otherwise, when we play as a team, concentrating, then we have no problem.
1: You, we talked about the younger players. And uh, Demiral at, at, at Juventus, Saglar, uh, Soyuncu at Leicester. Leicester they yeah. they would be the first choice centre backs, would they? But it, they're very they're very young to be a partnership.
0: Yes. yes, yes, they are very young, but they did well in the uh, qualifiers. Uh, not maybe in the Nations League, but they have also experience in European football, playing for big teams. You know, you know. A lot of young players are jealous of Charles Arsene because playing in the Premier League and being in the team of the year as a defender is not easy. And also, Demiral came back very strongly because he had an injury. And now he's, again, normally, when you look, when you have to be fair, is first choice because he plays the, the game with passion. He's a killer. He's a killer. He's, you know... He, he's first choice, uh, Chala first choice, and then I think chenel Gunesh will put their names first, and then make the team around them.
1: And and in midfield, o- Ozan Tuvan of Fenerbahce is the sort of defensive midfielder. Is that defensive the, midfielder. I mean, I, another guy, another young player as well, although he's got a lot more experience.
0: Experience yeah. at the big club, you know. Yeah. Actually, people ex- expect a lot of uh, good things of Ozan Tuvan because. He is a very talented player. When you look, you know, he is he's very talented. He can, you know, he's actually the brain. But sometimes, you know, sometimes people criticize him because he's a little bit overweight, you know. He's a very strong player. And he, you know, he he plays with his brain. So I think when he is in good shape, and also it depends also what will happen with his own team in the league, you know, because he plays for Fenabacchi. If he win the champion, then he goes to the Euro as a king, you know, and then he will he will be more concentrated on the game, on the, on the tournament. So I have uh, a lot of expectation with uh, Ozan Tuvan, Yes,
1: and, and and we talked about the strikers. You say that there shouldn't be a problem with goals, but Burak Yilmaz, the captain and, and first yes. choice striker, he's thirty five now, yeah, and yeah. Schenk Tosun isn't playing at Everton. So, is there a is there a worry about that strike force that they they they're not they're too old and they're not uh, they're not playing regularly at the moment? Is that a, no, a concern?
0: I don't think so because we have also another big star coming up, also playing in the French league, Yusuf. To be honest, I know Chano Güneş for almost twenty years. Uh, I covered the World Cup in two thousand two. I don't think Burak will is. Will be his first choice.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Maybe he will be the pinch hitter. You know, you you call yeah. him like that. Huh? Last twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. so I think he will start normally with a uh, with a good shape. Jeng Tosun, and then on the midfield we have choices like Hakan Çalhanoğlu, Cengiz Ünder, Yusuf Yazıcı. You know, yeah, that's an amazing. Yeah, uh, attacking midfield. I think that's the way he will play. That's my opinion.
1: And what about young players who you think could come into the team, Surprise players who might come in who've not yet played for Turkey? There, is there anyone you think should be in the squad?
0: I don't think, Yevin, there will be, you know, young players who never played for Turkey because I think Şenil uh, Güneş gathered his squad during the Nations Cup. So he has uh, in his mind, I think, a group of maybe... 30, 32 players. Won't be any surprises, I think, no.
1: Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the players who are playing abroad at the moment. First, let's take uh, another break. Right, back, talking with Mehmet about Turkey. One of the things about this Turkey team at the moment, Mehmet, is there are a lot of players playing abroad. The most recent squad in November 2020 had 14 players who were with foreign clubs. Compared to the Euro 2016 squad, which only had five players based yes. abroad, is that a change in Turkish football? That is it? The local clubs are not producing the young talent anymore. The big Istanbul clubs are not producing the big talent, or or is it just that the foreign teams are are, are picking up Turkish players uh, more often?
0: No, I think uh, you know we have a problem in youth development. That's for sure. Everybody is. Uh, talking about that big teams who in the past produced some young talented players but now uh, because of the foreign rule everybody's going for foreign players and the reason that many young players are now playing abroad is the young Turkish talented players are now more brave you know in the past they were a little bit scared you know can I play there? What will happen if I will not be in the squad? How can I uh, survive in England? How can I survive in Germany? How can I survive in Italy? Because we have a very interesting culture. You know, we care more about our, let's say, friends, family. We can, you know, not be long without our family and friends. So that was a problem when players like Tugay, for example, in the past went to England and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight and I'm going to play here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for my right and I'll go from Rangers to Blackburn and then I will be one of the players in Premier League that people will not forget. That was one or two examples. But now, young players are more brave. They say, hey, the youth development in Turkey is not as it has to be. I can learn more in Germany. I can learn more in England. If I'm not playing, then I have to fight for my place. And then we see a lot of young players taking the example of players like Tugay, like Nihat Kahveci, like Hakan Shukri, you know. And now they're saying, hey, we can do it. We can do it. Because yeah. also Demiral, you know, waited a long time before he was a first choice. He fought yeah. for his right, huh?
1: and he went. He went to Portugal to to sport first, yeah. yes. and and then to to Sassuolo in in Italy before he went to Juventus. Saglar and and Genghis played in the second tier at a team called Altin Nordor, yeah?
0: Nordor, yes. Altinordu.
1: they're a really interesting team, aren't they? Because they're they seem to they're based in Izmir, is that right? And and they right. seem to be putting the focus on youth development. Almost like the in Spain where the, the Real Sociedad and Athletic Bilbao have Basque players. Yes. They seem to want to have local players. Is is that a new movement in Turkey?
0: I tell you uh, it's not a new move it's, this team produces Young talented players for almost uh, ten years, you know. He, it began with Cengiz Yunder. but recently I read something about the president. I think that was very interesting because the president said they are now playing in the second league, huh? not in the Turkish Premier League. So in the second, so he said we could easily, you know, if we want, we could easily play, you know, go promote to the Turkish Premier but that's not what we want we want first have a good youth development you know a better a better one you know 100% you know and then we are planning to play in the turkish premier league you know mm. so now they are, they are thinking we are we have not still uh, made our plans 100%ly they produce but they want more they, ha- they want a, a very strong team build up and then, you know, they will say we are ready for the Premier League and then they will promote very easily.
1: And do they feel yeah. they could be successful? Because it, there's been a quite a lot of change in recent years in the top division with Basakza here, yes, winning the title. Um, yes. a, a club with not many fans compared to, to Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. Is, is that something that's been different in recent times, The change that the, the Istanbul clubs are not as successful?
0: The problem with the Istanbul teams was financially. And while the Istanbul teams financially fought with bringing in star players, a team like Başakşehir, you know, mm. took the advantage... And a good, you know, board, with good board members. And, of course, a little bit of chance, you know, luck. And they, you know, they they, they said, you know, hey, we can also be one of the big teams in Istanbul. And uh, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to uh, have 30 million fans if you want to win the Super League. Uh, so there was a a little bit of luck, and also a little bit of taking advantage of the chaos yeah. of the other Istanbul teams.
1: Yeah, because, because the, the big clubs don't seem to be signing that many big name players anymore. Although anymore. Re- recently, anymore. yeah, Mesut Ozil has moved from Arsenal to Fenerbahce. That seems to be going against the the, the trend. Of big name, no big name signings. How was can, you, you've spent time with him? How was yeah, yeah, I can. How, how's it? I been can with tell him? you
0: the details about that. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, he's coming free as a free agent also in January. Okay. Mm. Secondly, he's going to play for Fenerbahce. he's going to play for free six months. Six months free. <laughs> Fenerbahce is not going to pay any money till January because. He, you know, covered that uh, cost due to the contract of Mesut with Arsenal. And then a TV magnate called Ajun Elijali. I think you know him from Survivor. You know, he's a TV magnate and also a Fenerbahce fan. He sponsored this uh, transfer. He said, okay, Fenerbahce has financial problems, also with the UEFA, okay, they can pay some amount and I will pay the rest. So he was sponsored for the rest of the money. And he also, lately, he took over one Eredivisie team in Holland, Fortuna Sittard. He is a co-owner of Fortuna Sittard and he's crazy about Fenerbahce. And he is the guy behind this transfer.
1: And and how do people see Mesut Ozil? Because obviously he played international football for Germany, and yet here he is in Turkey. How do people feel towards him? Is there affection towards Ozil uh, as a well, as a German German international?
0: Kevin, you know the the fanatic football fans in Turkey. I think if you ask Galatasaray fans what they feel about this transfer, they say hey, this guy chosen Germany and now he's coming back to Turkey. He cannot be successful and uh, we don't like him. But if you ask Fenerbahce fans, they love him and they, they, they say, hey, this guy chose for Germany, but he won the uh, World Cup with them and never uh, sang the, uh, the anthem with Germany. So he's a real Turkish guy yeah. with Turkish parents so yeah. a little, you know a, a bit of mixed feelings yeah. about mesut but no one argues about his quality yeah, yeah. that's important because now he has to uh, give some uh, football lesson while he's f- playing for fenerbahce i hope he will be successful
1: mesut played for germany along with emre chan there's a there's a, 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 a quite a tradition now for quite a few years of of players Growing up in Germany and in Holland. In, in Germany, they, they, they are the, the gasterbiter, aren't they? The children of the gasterbiter, the guest workers. And it's a, it's a phenomenon in, in, yeah. in Germany. Uh, is that still important for the national team that, that you have these players who are based around Europe, um, who've grown up outside of Turkey? Do they, well, do they come together and feel part of the team?
0: Well, you know, it's about their, the player's character, you know. If he has a good personal character, he can, you know, he he won't have any problem. But if you look at the squad now, my friend, Mm. then you see that there are not much, as in the past, players from Germany. I think uh, Hakan uh, is from Germany, Hakan Chalonolu, you know, Mm. and uh, maybe one or two more, but that's it. But, you know, when you look at the past, there were more. Mm. So now I think uh, young players, in Turkey, they see the chance that they say, hey, why will Mr. Senol Güneş search for young players in Germany while he can take them over here in Turkey? So a lot of more young players are working more hard, working more brave to be part of the Turkish national team.
1: And, and just finally, Mehmet, what's your prediction for the summer? Because Turkey are in a group uh, with Italy, Wales and Switzerland. Uh, what's the feeling about that draw and that group? Uh, you you must be pretty confident of getting out of that group.
0: Yes. You know, personally I am confident, but unluckily, our first game is with Italy. So that's, you know, <laughs> that could be a problem because we, we, we have a saying in Turkey, you go how you start, you know? So if you, if you start with a loss, Gavin, and then Unfortunate, the second game, you have one point, you know, a draw. And then last game against Wales or Switzerland, then you, you know, you're out. But I think I uh, trust more in our coach with his experience. I think he will be more carefully playing those games, especially the Italy game. And I think we will be uh, quite... uh, confident coming out of the group. But uh, it won't surprise me, Kevin, because I've seen a lot of in football, in history. It won't surprise me if we are out in the first round. Yeah. And it won't be a surprise for me if we play a semi-final or a final. Really? Yeah. Very, very, very uh, openly, I say this.
1: Remember, it's great to speak to you. And hopefully one day we can meet up again in Istanbul. I've always enjoyed your hospitality in Istanbul and hopefully uh, we can do that again in, in the future. Thanks so
0: much. Okay, Gavin.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you liked it and you want to find out more, there's a new podcast with a different journalist from every single country competing in this summer's European Championship. You can find them all wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you know whenever I release a new episode. And you can find out more great sports podcasts on the Sports Social Podcast Network just head to sport-social.co.uk
0: Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip follow and subscribe now so you never miss an episode This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network
1: Sports Social Podcast Network